0: On today's Fantasy Baseball in Fifteen, we'll discuss rebounds for a pair of slumping sluggers and a recalled catcher to consider. Like Duff and Taxes, Dodgers
1: get a Dodger. I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy. I'm just
0: glad I am not at the dentist.
1: Fantasy Baseball in Fifteen on the Athletic.
0: Welcome to Fancy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, June 3rd, presented by TOPS. Check out TOPS Project 70, celebrating 70 years of TOPS baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior, I'm here with Michael Beller. And uh, Michael, we've got uh, the Stockwatch coming up today, some interesting names there moving up and down, uh, some interesting streamers for today. So we got a lot to get to here, but let's start where we always do with the news and notes. And Steven Strasburg back on the IL, this time with a neck strain. So we, we discussed this situation within the last couple of episodes. Um, you know, Neither of us seemed really compelled to to pursue a, uh, a a replacement here. Uh, Eric Fetti still a possibility, but he's on the, the COVID IL. Uh, also an update on Fernando Tatis Jr. He did not play in the Padres game on Wednesday, so still dealing with that oblique issue. Still looking like a day-to-day situation for Tatis. And a scary collision, Also in that Padres-Cubs game, Uh, Ha-Sung Kim and Tommy Pham collided. Pham is set to get a CT scan on his jaw. Both uh, did leave the field, although Kim needed some assistance in doing so. Um, And both are just considered day-to-day, so all things considered, uh, not as bad as it looked initially.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that CAT scan returns on uh, on Tommy Pham. And, you know, I saw Kim look like to be. he got the brunt of the collision. Definitely very scary. Uh, so hopefully both guys are okay. But we'll see. Day-to-day right now doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't an IL trip for one or both of them. That is true. Uh, that is absolutely true. Uh, we have an IL trip now for Mitch Garver,
0: who had groin surgery on Tuesday night. uh was placed on the injured list on Wednesday. And so the Twins recalling Ryan Jeffers, and if you think back to March and the the intrigue that was around this Twins catching situation, two potential high-end fantasy catchers that would have to vie for playing time, and it's not really, you know, turned out to be a good season for either so far, but Jeffers back up in the majors, hit just 217 to AAA St. Paul, but with five homers, so uh Is he at all in play for one-catcher leagues? Uh, Is two-catcher leagues uh, really where
1: where we're looking here? Definitely two. I think one-catcher league, he would have to show to us that he's going to be earning the bulk of the playing time from Rocco Baldelli. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to trust that uh, just yet, but uh, if he does show us that, then maybe we could talk about him in one-catcher formats. Alright, so
0: you know catcher always a tough position to fill, especially in two catcher leagues. So at least now you have a another possible option there with some upside. And sticky with the twins here. Uh I don't know what's going on with the outfielders there, but Rob Refsnyder Snyder now to the injured list with a concussion. So twins have called up Hilberto Celestino. Not uh, really good power numbers in the minors. Not sure where the fancy appeal may be here outside of ale-only leagues, but uh, just a tough situation for the Twins. We will uh, move on here. Madison Bumgarner getting an MRI on his left shoulder on Wednesday night. He's really slumped of late, so uh, maybe there's an explanation for it, but we'll keep tabs on that. Uh, Former Diamondback, A.J. Pollock, Ready to uh, return this Friday for the Dodgers. Uh, been dealing with a hamstring injury. Justin Dunn to the IL for the Mariners with shoulder inflammation. They'll likely replace him with uh, a bullpen game at least the first time through in that rotation. So nobody necessary to look for there on waivers as a as a deep league uh, replacement. Kyle Schwarber leaving the Nationals game against the Braves with an apparent knee injury. Jonathan VR also with an early exit. Uh, he is dealing with a tight hamstring. And uh, here's our closer note for the day, Michael. Yimmy Garcia blowing a save against the Blue Jays. Looked like the, the Marlins were finally going to get off the schneid there. But blowing the game in the ninth, uh, Bo Bichette's triple blew the save for Garcia. And then Garcia saddled with the loss uh, on a sacrifice fly. So that's two consecutive losses for Garcia in two, in two outings for him. Uh, is it time to start looking at who is next? Do you think they go back to Anthony Bass? Do they go with Dylan Floro, who pitched the eighth in that game? Does it matter?
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose Dylan Floro would be next. But even after these, uh, you know, back-to-back loss takings by Yimi Garcia, he's got a 2.86 ERA, a 1.14 WHIP, 23 Ks, and in 22 innings. The guy has pitched well enough to this point to get a little bit more of a leash from Don Mattingly. So uh, if I am in on Yimi Garcia, I am nowhere near panicking. All right. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, We have enough panic with our closers
0: in fantasy. So (laughs) one situation maybe we don't worry about quite just yet. So uh, let's turn to the Wednesday standouts and going to start with a couple of hitters here who haven't provided the power that we hoped for them. uh, That I think we rightfully expected from them this year. And I'm talking about Juan Soto and Dylan Carlson. And in fact, I wrote a piece earlier this week for The Athletic that included Juan Soto. It was a mailbag piece, basically focusing on players who have really surprised in either a bad or a good way so far this season. And Soto, unfortunately, has surprised in the bad way with a surprising lack of power. In the month of May, Soto had just four extra base hits in 106 plate appearances. But he is now homered in back to back games. At Atlanta and three barrels over those two games. So the thing I wrote in the piece, Michael, was just if Soto continues to slump in this, into this week, I'm actually going to look at some alternatives in my three outfielder
1: league. I am obviously not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, yes, you are not. And uh, if first, I wish I were in a league where the one Soto uh, manager would have been panicking on him because. This is Juan Soto. Talent always rises, and this is not just talent. This is immense talent. So, throw those first couple months out of the season. This dude's going to play like an MVP the rest of the way. Yeah, well, obviously
0: you're not at all thinking about a drop situation here, but uh, you know the, the lack of production. It seems like uh, Soto has turned the corner. So the good, there's good news there. Dylan Carlson also not much power on the whole this season, but he has really turned it around the past few days. Uh, on Wednesday night, two for four with uh, his sixth homer of the season against the Dodgers so now his last four games he has three homers and he's seven for 16 with a couple of barrels there so his barrel rate now is just now peaking above three percent uh which is not good he's even with this little mini hot streak he is 99th out of 121 qualified batters in terms of barrel rate so which do you wait at this point Michael the short-term uh short-term power outburst that kind of confirms what our expectations were coming into the season or the the bigger picture at this point.
1: You know, I I still look at the positive, especially since the positive is more recent. And I don't say that from a recency bias standpoint, I say it from a young player finding his sea legs in the major standpoint. Dylan Carlson is a very talented big time pedigree sort of guy You know, we shouldn't be surprised if guys need some adjustment period to the majors. So I feel pretty good about Dylan Carlson from this point forward. And hey, the Cardinals got uh, a little silver lining after giving up 11 runs in the first inning to the Dodgers yesterday.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. This is the player I picked from that game (laughs) from the team that didn't (laughs) score a lot of runs. Uh, But, you know, the Dodgers, uh, they rarely make the standouts uh, portion of the show because we we, sort of
1: expect it. (laughs)
0: exactly exactly uh you know and my my reaction too to this is that it's maybe a little bit of something to take note for those who uh are thinking of dropping Jared Kelnick and I've seen plenty of that on Twitter like people saying should I drop him or people saying they had dropped him so if somebody in your league has dropped Jared Kelnick definitely uh (laughs) definitely jump on that um you know takes time it takes time uh, especially for younger players often uh Randall Gritchick former Cardinal couple of homers uh, for him uh, against uh, against the Marlins. And uh, he's now up to 11 on the season. So not quite the flurry of uh, two homer games that uh, <laughs> that we've seen so far this week. But Randall Gritchick keeping that going. But in that game, uh, Alec Manoa, not a very good start. Didn't even make it through four full innings, uh, giving up three home runs and three in the third against the Marlins. Again, a team that's really been struggling lately. I, you know, I think we can put this in the same basket with Jared Kelnick or, or Dylan Carlson that, mm-hmm. you know, it's
1: not going to be a spotless season for Alec Manoa. You've got to expect these bumps in the road. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, you look at what he did in AAA, you look at what he did in his first start of the season uh, against the Yankees. And that's really uh, what you lean on more than this. No one no one no one just comes up to the majors and breezes right through i guess we could point to juan soto when he first came up but like this is a very hard game to play it only gets harder as you go up to the highest level in in the uh, in the sport so i am not at all worried or anything about alec manoa you can uh, you can maybe raise your eyebrows at the fact that this came against the marlins but those are professional hitters too so move on and we'll be happy with it or we'll be looking forward to his next start don't care who it's against all right, fair enough. Uh, Framber Valdez looking good back
0: in the Astros rotation. Seven innings, 10 strikeouts, just one run allowed against the Red Sox. Uh, so again, I think maybe a case of just confirming high expectations that many of us had for, for him. But on the other side of that game, Nick Pavetta, uh, six innings, just two runs allowed, nine strikeouts for him. And I, I'm
1: kind of getting past the skepticism. He's been pretty solid uh, all year long. Yeah, you know, I, I think we should. He has been pretty solid all year long. All the um, all the rates look pretty good. They all seem supported by his peripheral stats. And, you know, he's uh, made a substantive change. More slider, less curveball. Basically cut the change up out of his game. And uh, it's it's really helped him. It's I think uh, that slider curveball change really is something uh, that he's been able to use to his advantage. Sliders uh, got a whiff rate up near 33%. It's been uh, probably his best pitch this season seems to be spotting his fastball a little bit better too. I think we got to take this uh for what it is. This is uh, the Nick Pavetta that you know we thought we were getting years ago in Philadelphia. Yeah. So sorry, Phillies fans. Uh <laughs> fortunately this is uh for you.
0: This is happening for the Red Sox now. Uh Sean Maniah gets the Seattle bump. It never seems to fail. A four-hit shutout, so not a no-hitter for Mania, but a four-hit shutout with eight strikeouts, two walks. Not sure there's much to Comment on here other than it's good to stream against the Mariners, especially <laughs> in Seattle.
1: Yes, I think that's true. And Manaya, another guy who, um, you know, we weren't exactly sure on coming into the year, but has been, you know, more, who has been much better than we uh, could have expected, I think. So uh, take what he's doing at face value as well. You got to feel pretty good about him if he's on your team trotting him out there every time, not just against the Mariners. All right. Well, speaking of the Mariners, let's see who we could stream against them. Now, the Mariners going on the road
0: for their next series in Anaheim. It's going to be Griffin Canning taking the mound. For the Angels, Justice Sheffield pitching for the Mariners. Uh, So Canning definitely gets in the discussion here uh, as a possible streamer. Eliezer Hernandez for the Marlins. uh, Tyler Anderson for the Pirates. I think you could consider both of them, even though Anderson has been slumping lately. Casey Mize gets a tough, tough assignment at the White Sox with Lance Lynn uh, opposing him. And then Vladimir Gutierrez, uh, he goes up against the Cardinals and Adam Wainwright. And then a streamer versus streamer possibility here, Martin Perez and Jake Odorizzi. So Perez, Odorizzi, Hernandez, Anderson, Mize, Canning, Gutierrez. uh, Who do you like here?
1: Yeah, this is an interesting group of guys. Um, Casey Mize, I think, is the best on the pure talent perspective and how he's going. You know, he and Tarek Skubal both have turned a corner for Detroit and it's been fun to watch those two guys. I am a little wary, however, of the matchup with the White Sox. It wouldn't totally scare me away because of the way he's been pitching and what his ceiling is. It would be something I would think about though. Eliezer Hernandez uh, to me is also really interesting. He's got the Pirates matchup. It's his first game off the IL. So would worry about pitch count and volume. Is he going to go deep enough to even get a win? in this game, but still someone I think about. And on the other side of that game, Tyler Anderson does jump out at me. He's had plenty of good starts this season, never someone who's going to stick on a roster, but can take advantage of a good matchup. And uh, despite what the Marlins did to Alec Manoa yesterday, that's still a good matchup. Those are the three guys who I would look at most closely. All right, well, and let's take a look at some longer-term trends here in
0: the stock watch. Couple players up, couple players down, and while it's not been going well for the Marlins lately, Garrett Cooper uh, has just really been on fire. His last fifteen games, he's batting three ninety-two with three home runs. And on the pitching side uh, of the ledger here, Herman Marquez, who I feel like gets just gets unfairly maligned for being a Rockies pitcher, but has been you know fancy relevant for quite a few years now. In his last five starts, he's just been. Really, really very effective. Uh, 32 innings, 35 strikeouts, 12 walks. If there's a weakness, you figure it's the walks. The walk rate is not too bad. Only three home runs allowed in a 197 ERA over those five starts with really strong whiff and chase rates to back it all up. So Cooper and Marquez, uh, Does
1: this do these hot streaks change anything for you longer term? I think what we take away from this is that Marquez is just, is not just someone who we pitch on the road and bench at home. It's not that simple with him. He can succeed in core. So think about that with him. Garrett Cooper, he's on the, he's on the radar, the fantasy radar, I would say across the board because of all the injuries that we have in the fantasy game right now. So I think that he's someone who, if you're looking for an outfielder or a first baseman, he can fill in for you for sure. All right, and Matt Chapman,
0: maybe I put him in the rundown a little prematurely, did go two for three against the Mariners on Wednesday night, but before that, three for 41 with no extra base hits, 16 strikeouts, and John Means not, uh, you know, doing quite as well as he was earlier in the season, of course, you know, tossed a no-hitter, his last three starts, 18 and a third innings, just 15 strikeouts, a whiff rate uh, just over 10%. Uh, only three walks, which is good, but six home runs, which is very surprising to see from John Means. So, uh, is he has his status changed? Maybe from being you know an automatic rotation staple to maybe
1: looking more at the matchups now. Um, I don't know necessarily about that. This feels like a short-term downturn for him. His last three starts have been against Tampa, Minnesota, and the White Sox. Three very tough assignments. And it's not to say that he can't succeed in those tough assignments, but you know, we're not going to knock him to completely because of uh, struggling in those games. Still getting strikeouts, so I'm not totally running away from him here all right so uh something to consider as we head towards the end of the week here and
0: this is the end of this episode of fantasy baseball in 15 so if you do have a moment to rate and review the podcast we will greatly appreciate that uh for michael beller i'm al melchior and we'll be right back here on friday